C-Town Stand Up, we're back here at the lunch table, Seattle's number one source for hip-hop news and discussion. I'm Cash and C. Yeah, lately, girl, you've been all up on my mind, yeah. and even though you fine and you sound like a dime, yeah. it's unfortunate, girl, cause I ain't really got the time, I just like to kick it when it's dark and time to unwind, yeah. chief of blunt for me, but for you, I got the wine, yeah. she's drawing up contracts, I don't wanna sign, yeah. can't be focused on you, gotta be focused on mine, but lately... They say what they say, don't care what they think, care what they think. This ain't for play, play. I can't play a sight, can't play a sight. I'm way too blessed, I'm way too blessed. I can't complain, I can't complain. Switching them gears, switch, never switch lanes. Yeah. They say what they say, don't care what they think, care what they think. I just want zeros like Westbrook, take that to the bank, that to the bank. I'm Mr. One through like five, taking my place in the ranks, place in the ranks. I just be feeling like Shaq, dancing that straight with the ink. Check, 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 one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Look, same game with the same name, never lane change, no, yeah. Rain, rain on my A game, trying to change things, whoa, right. No play, play, trying to maintain in my mainframe, whole play. Just a This is DJ Blake, and my next interview is the first Triple H NAS collab. I sit down with Seattle's own Cash NC from the Lunch Table podcast. He's a great guy. We share similar views, and we're definitely going to continue to collaborate. I hope you enjoy. Yeah. No nominees, so I never been nominated Niggas spitting weak bars, I can barely tolerate it Couple of blunts and couple shots, I'd say I'm kinda faded Just broke up with my ex, I really love but kinda hate it I had my dreams before this, but my body betrayed it Can't do it like me, this shit cannot be replicated Never picking up my dribble, hit you with the hesitation Chris Angel all up in my blood, feel like I'm levitating I don't wanna be you niggas, I ain't never hating If life's a bitch, well then nigga, I'm a penetrator Every day I'm at this shit, that's what I call dedicated Man, I got the sauce and I'm so well marinated. Welcome back, everyone. This is DJ Blake, keeping you up to date with all the hottest hip-hop news and sneaker talk. And today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Kaj NC from the one and only Lunch Table podcast. What's going on? And I wanted to start off this conversation talking about branding. So when I did some research on your podcast, I noticed that there's like 10 other the lunch table podcast, you know? Yeah. So how'd you go about like deciding what your title was or was it, did you worry about if there was any other lunch tables out there or? Nah. And that's the funny thing. Like when <clears> I first, like I didn't get the podcast going to like a year after I birthed the idea of like, all right, I'm going to, I want to do a podcast. Right. Um, and when I was thinking about it, really, I guess I'll just, just jump straight to it. The, the main thought was like, you know, when you're in school, and it's like you get that break period and everybody's going to the commons. Like you go, you're going to lunch and yeah. it's like you sit at the lunch table. That's where like you get all your homies. You either got lunch one or you got lunch two. <laughs> and like all your homies get together. You start, you know, you just talk, talking about the day and stuff like that. That's really my main thought about it. Um, and that's really where I got it from. Mm. Um, I knew there's some other ones. I know there's one in like L.A. Yeah. That's actually the only other one I've seen. Um, but I don't doubt it that there's that there's some others. Yeah. But you guys have an interesting podcast. What is if you had to describe like the main focus for your specific podcast, what is like the goal for it? The main focus is to shed spotlight on Seattle artistry and not even just, 
I guess as in a whole, just, you know, really it was, it's geared towards hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had other individuals on there um, who are not musical artists and stuff. So um, just building up the town as a whole, like my whole thing is like, you know, I was just in Atlanta like this past week and it's like, it's really like black Hollywood out there. <sighs> and so really that's, that's kind of my vision for Seattle. Like I want, I want people to know um, the artists that we have here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like before, before we started really getting going, you didn't see a very consistent week after week podcast putting the artists of Seattle who are up and coming like in front of a camera. You didn't really see their faces. You kind of if you if you knew them, that's you knew them. You knew them exactly. So yeah. that was really the whole focus. And I'm starting to figure this out also. But how do you decide who you want to give a voice? Because everyone's important, you know. But like some people's music, you you have to agree. <laughs> it's just. You know, some it's not, sometimes it's not even bad music. Some things you just don't want to support, in a way, you know. Right. Well, it's like I uh I support everybody, mm-hmm. but I'm not a fan of everybody. Right. Um, and I and I really just choose. It's really it's really who's musical I enjoy listening to. Like mm-hmm. everybody you've ever any artist you've ever seen up there, I genuinely, genuinely enjoy listening to their stuff. Um, like I would never like people reach out to us all the time. Like. You know, how do we get an interview? How do we get a podcast? You know, mm-hmm. like people talking about like, we'll pay you money to, to come <laughs> up there and stuff like that. And it's like, it's not really, it's not really about that, you know, like, and, and that's something I don't really want to compromise either mm-hmm. uh, for our platform. You know, I just want it to be people that I'm genuinely interested in. So that's, that's really the whole criteria for whoever I bring up there. Right. So are you able to just say no, or do you like, I don't know, cause I want to help everyone. So if I see, if someone hits me up, my thing right now is if someone's hitting me up, then I'm going to set up an interview with them. But I'm picky about who I reach out to for interviews, mm-hmm. you know. But, like, I don't string anyone along, but sometimes I have to push back in, in an interview. Like, if, if a big artist is in town and he's only in town for one day, I'm going to prioritize him versus someone who's going to be in, lives in Seattle, you know. 100%. So how do you decide, do you, are you able to just say no to people or do you kind of string them along? If that sounds bad, but. Um, it's like, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm bad at saying no. Yes. I'm I'm bad at saying no. Um, you know, luckily, I don't know, like, I'd be bad, man. I'm not even gonna lie. I'd be bad. Sometimes I leave people on red sometimes. Um, yeah, I'm not the best at it. And it's like anybody out there who, who's reached out to us and you got left on red. I'm sorry. Like that, like for real, I apologize, man. It's like, but that's just what it is. You know, like. I genuinely got to have people up there that like I truly like their stuff. And that's not to say that you can never be up there either. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You just keep working your craft. You know what I'm saying? Keep putting yourself out there and keep putting out a product that, you know, is eventually going to gain traction. Right. And, you know, I take notice of it because we're tapped into the culture. We're tapped into the scene. And so we're always on the lookout. Right. Whether you were down and you were up or whether you're up and we got to go get you. Yeah. I've done that too, man. Like I live in Snohomish. You live in um Edmonds, right? Yeah. Terrace. So both those places are deep, you know? So I've had to go to Tacoma to interview someone. Mm-hmm. And like I'm like, if they're passionate about what they're doing, and they, even if they don't have a car, I have a car. I have that resource. So I'm going to drive down and give them that voice. 100%. You know, but um, it's, it's, there's a, it's crazy because at the end of the day, there's only a select few artists that end up actually making it big. Right. But once you, if you look at it, there's, everyone can shine. You know, there are going to be people who have a bigger impact than others. And what I like to say about the podcast for anyone who's doing a podcast in Seattle, if you're focused on artists, there's like 
there's millions of people in Seattle. Yeah. So there's like, honestly, if there's not millions of artists, there's at least hundreds of thousands of artists, you know? So like, for sure. of course, it's cool that one artist that one podcast might know might end up on another podcast, but there's a huge chance one podcast might not even know an artist that you're interviewing. Right. So there's such a big group of people, you know? Yeah. But um, I think what's huge for the city right now is is really building up our scene. Like last year, I think it was like the probably the largest steps we've ever taken. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most artists you've really seen take off from from the Seattle Tacoma area all at once. You know what I mean? Like Travis Thompson, Louis being one of them, uh, Paris Alexa, Laze, yeah. um, all those people like kind of gained momentum at a, at a similar time, and so. As a as a scene and as a culture, it's like our job to keep cultivating that and keep people tapped in and tuned into that. So I think mm-hmm. that's like the huge, the biggest thing that right. is cr- is critical for the town. Why do you think? Th- why do you not think there's like there's a few podcasts that focus on artists, but it's more recently also. You know, why do you think it hasn't been a thing for a while? Like the podcasting scene in Seattle. I can't really say, man. I can't really say. Um, I have no clue, and that's why I needed. That's why I needed to jump into it. That's why yeah. I had such a huge like gut feeling to like make that happen. Yeah, because um, it was it was such a uh, absence. It was mm-hmm. such a like missing piece that our that our city needed. So I can't really speak to it. You know, like I I wish uh, definitely thankful for uh, you know individuals like yourself who are part of the stations and who are who are tapped in. Um, I know Cube is trying to make a is trying to make a concerted effort, and then right. so. It's just got to keep building on top of each other, but you know it's here now, mm-hmm. um, and it's building. You know, there's there's multiple podcasts going on now, and that's that's the whole point. Like I, hopefully, I was some inspiration to like some of these other ones that that came around. The lunch table was some inspiration because right. you know they're popping up more, and you know more people are getting a voice, more people are getting some Facetime. Mm-hmm. And I like to say because je- jealousy is not going to help anyone, you know. So never does. At, at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, even. I don't even really like, especially when it comes to Seattle, because it's your city. I don't want to say there's like competition in Seattle either. Either. So what I'm doing is like, okay, there's other podcasts. I'm not going to be jealous that they're having this guest or that they even exist. So why don't I just collab with them? You know, it just right. makes it easier. Just befriend them. You know, yeah. and that's what this is. It's the first step, I think. You know. Yeah, definitely. But um, I want to know how do you like? I we I we said branding like the name. But how did you brand yourself as like an impact in Seattle where people start to recognize you? Like, how'd that come about? I think your credibility of who you bring up there is is a big part. See, that's the thing that gets like confusing though, because credibility comes down to the artist too, and you don't want to like you want to help everyone, but some artists may make you lose credibility. Right. Yeah. I mean, luckily the people who I'm genuinely interested in and in the people whose music I I do like are are people who who other people like mm-hmm. as well. Um, that's, that's really the big, I think that's, I can't really speak to the other parts of the pie for like Brandon and like credibility and stuff like that. But yeah, I think the people that you bring up there, it's like, cause if you bring up a bunch of people who are, people are not familiar with, then, you know, they might not tap in. But if, yeah. if you got Drake on your podcast, you'd be like, oh <laughs> snap, you got you got Drake up there. Who else? You, who else have you brought up? Who else are you, yeah. who else are that gonna bring up? Drake, right? Drake, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how'd you get Paris Alexa? Like that's one that she's like a legend right now. Like people are like, oh, I saw, I saw her there. Oh wait, nope, that wasn't her. That's her. That's her. You know, like it's difficult to actually like locate her sometimes. Yeah, uh, 
she's a real cool individual. I really just reached out to her. Um, I just DM'd her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's how I really reached out to like most of the artists that you've that you've seen on the lunch table. I just DM'd her. Um, I got in contact with her management as well. Right. It was kind of like a a combo because her management. I don't know if it is now, but her management is actually out of town. Oh, wow. They're not based in Seattle, as far as I last knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she was just kind of like a main contact. She's real personable. She's real down to earth. Yeah. Um, she's a real cool individual. So she was not like, you know, she's not, she wasn't like too big for the moment or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, it was really simple, straightforward for, for really everyone that I reached out to. Right. Comes down to credibility also, you know, mm-hmm. which is a huge thing. But you're not just only like a podcaster. You also make music yourself, you know? I do. So which platform do you try to push more? On like? Like for a bigger audience. Like do you think that you have more of a voice on your podcast or more of a voice through your music? Right now, because I've been slow to release Mm -hmm. um, and I put so much effort into the lunch table over 2019, I think right now... I have a larger voice on on the lunch table mm-hmm. um, and being being with respect my region. Um, you know, we're one of the most uh, noted blogs in the in the area. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone really comes to us for, you know, for press write ups and stuff like that. You know, they're always trying to partner up with us. And so. Uh, but I think Instagram is huge. Oh God, Social media is huge. Social media is huge. Twitter is huge. Um, definitely want to build my voice more on Twitter, but yeah, that's, and that was like a focus of mine too. When right. I, when I started lunch table, it was like, I'm not releasing music right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I still want to be seen. I still want to be heard and let people know that I'm here in a part of the culture. Right. And so it really, it really all worked out, uh, pretty perfectly. Mm-hmm. How do you pitch a podcast to someone? Cause like when you look at the statistics of who actually listens to regular podcasts, if it's not like hip-hop or something it's older people who are on their way to work or waking up in the mornings mm-hmm. things like that so how do you pitch a podcast to a younger individual to make them listen to it you've got to um you've got to have some content that that they want to be a part of mm-hmm. um and so a lot of the people that I, that we've had guested up there you know it's it's a it's a part of the crowd that's up and coming right um and like the seattle scene is so hungry right now um that they that they want to be tapped in. That's right. like that's the beauty of it. That is the beauty. They want to be t- they want to be tapped in, and they want to be a part of it too. So you know that's why they're reaching out to you. That's why they're reaching out to me. Yeah, they really want to be included in 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 the come up mm-hmm. in in the building of of what we got going on. Right. So it's like it's it's kind of easy just being in this in this space of of music and hip hop and and being in this city of Seattle. It's like it makes it all easier because yeah. it's, it's, everyone's so hungry out here right now. For sure. Yeah. How do you do you pay attention to other podcasts like outside of Seattle, like Joe Rogan, The Breakfast Club, anything like that? And when I say that, when I was interviewing Louie like a few weeks ago, he was saying, oh, I don't really focus on the podcast itself or the radio station. It's focused on the artist, you know, but you're an artist and a podcaster. So when you look at interviews, do you focus on the artist or the podcast or is it a mix of both? It's definitely a mix of both. Right. Like when I first got started looking at the breakfast club because like they're the premier they're the premier interviewers to me in my opinion for you know any artist for for most hip-hop artists so Mm. yeah definitely trying to just emulate what they were doing you know what i mean when you're fresh you you need you sort into a blueprint you know for how you want to move so 
definitely looking up to them. Uh, definitely pay attention to to Joe Budden, Joe uh, even Joe Rogan. Sometimes yeah. um, they all have a different little bit aesthetic, and like not one is right, not one is wrong. Because you could have mm-hmm. Joe Rogan where it's like a black room and it's super simple, straightforward, and then, yeah, you, yeah, you've seen all of them. They're all they're all a little bit different, but. I definitely pay attention to both, you know, how to try to conduct yourself as an artist, right? Um, how to stay composed and all those things. Mm-hmm. Why do you think podcasting has like switched over to YouTube more? Because when it started out, it definitely was just on the app, just audio. audio. But now it's more, because I'm even, I'm not having problems with it. I'm just starting to look into the video part of it because I see that's a big thing. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, can we find you on YouTube? Yeah, the audio. They're like, oh, what about the video? I was like, oh, I guess that's a thing, you know? Yeah, I I mean people are like our our generation is so like quick to lose attention. Oh, so it's like them just hearing something, just them just auditorily listening is like it's it's sometimes not always enough, you know, like mm-hmm. we're we're probably the age group that is on their phone the most, you know, yes. so we're looking we're looking at a screen. Yeah. So they want to be able to look at something. Um that's why I think there's probably been such a big shift mm-hmm. towards yeah, cuz when you think of podcasting it was like audio at first, but now it's like it's both. It's equally just as much as both. But that that's why I think it's shifted more towards the video because right. people need to be captivated. They need to be looking at something the yeah, whole time. Exactly. How do you make your podcast? Like, again, I don't like to say there's any competition, you know, but how do you make your podcast stand out compared to other podcasts? I think through just the the Instagram is probably where mm. is where the, a lot of the focus is at. The clips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the small one-minute 30 second clips. I think that's where we try to stand out the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really seen. That's definitely a blueprint, but I, it's not a blueprint that I've seen really too much around around Seattle. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what I've tried to make the focus. It's like, here's a quick piece of content. Because sometimes when you get a 30 second clip and then you really love that 30 second clip. You go to the whole thing. You want Exactly. Yeah. You want to go to the rest of the thing. And so that just drives it to your page, drives yeah. it to more of your other interviews stuff like that that's mm-hmm. yeah and how do you prepare for podcasts for me like i do research and stuff but i kind of try to stay and everyone has a different blueprint you know so it's definitely not wrong for one person to use notes and other person not to but for me what i do i just like i'd research the person or sometimes i'm just gonna be honest with you sometimes <laughs> if it's like a last minute interview that just got set up i will do no research whatsoever and then that makes it even more fluid because mm-hmm. then you're literally learning about that person at that very moment. Right. You know? For me, I'm like, I try to be super prepped. Mm-hmm. I try to be super prepared. I'm definitely a note taker. Right. Um, getting ready before each week. I'm definitely a researcher. Um, I think like as we bring guests back, yeah, it'll be easier to have a conversation with them um, about what they're doing, what they're up to next and trying to kind of just have that free flowiness that's like that's more enjoyable for for the people inside the interview and, and the people watching it yeah um, but yeah i'm definitely like for that first interview i'm trying to do my research and right. uh be knowledgeable about that person mm-hmm. how do you keep it from sounding like scripted and make it s- still interesting because some podcasts like my goal because i i do love the breakfast club but for some reason i've just been really attached to joe rogan and especially because he he almost releases like every day even on the weekends and his podcasts literally range. You will not found, find an hour-long podcast on Joe Rogan anymore. They're easily two hours to five hours. Mm-hmm. Easily. Like if you go on Wikipedia even, two to five hours plus, you know. 
So my goal is to keep it like entertaining for that long time because that's that's when the real like art form comes in, you know? Yeah. Um, for me, it's like I feel like I ask pretty uh pretty in depth questions that should draw out, you know, pretty good response. Mm-hmm. So it's tough sometimes when you get a uh, someone that you're interviewing and like they're brick wall. Right. Yeah, they don't they don't talk a lot. Yeah. Um I would say our best interviews on the lunch table have been obviously with the most outgoing people. Mm-hmm. Um that's where we're laughing the most. Yeah. That's when we're, you know, cracking jokes the most, having having the best time. Yeah. Drinking drinking on the set, yeah. you know, smoking right before we come in there. Yeah. Those are the, those are the best ones. Mm-hmm. Um but when like they don't give you much, yeah. And you got to hop to the next question. That's when it sounds super scripted. Yeah. Dude, I've had podcast interviews where the person is super excited and they're excited during the interview and they'll answer like one word answers, but they're smiling the whole fucking time. Like they're having the best time of their life. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? I'm asking them questions. They're excited for it. It's not like they're trying to be like shy or anything. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, how the fuck do I deal with this? You know, so it, like people don't realize, but even interviewing is an art form, you know? 100%. Sometimes I feel like when it comes to like news interviews or like, hmm, yeah, more when, when it comes to like news interviews, like when it's like a big author or something and then they like the news station needs someone to go report that, I feel like that kind of gets scripted and it kind of loses the fact of authenticity, mm-hmm. especially with like Weatherman even because like they, they're all supposed to sound the same. They're all supposed to look alike. So at the end of the day, you have no idea who the fuck that weatherman is. Right. <laughs> you just know that he's giving you the weather. Right. You know? He's just giving you the content. But podcasting is a whole different animal. And it's the audience comes from you being personal yourself. Mm-hmm. Like people, for me at least, I think it's always good to have a good artist. But that's one reason why I really like the Joe Rogan experience is because a lot of these people, like he does throw in people people actually know. But at the end of the day, He'll interview people that have influence, but people you have never heard of. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it comes down to Joe Rogan knowing what he's talking about. Right. You know? And you guys are different because you guys focus on, you're a three mic set, right? Mm-hmm. What made you decide? Sometimes four with my guy right here. Oh, yeah. Four. He's like, he's on production. Hey. Sometimes he's sometimes he's on production and he's having a conversation with us at the same time. Yeah. That's dope. How do you, how, what made you decide to be like more than just one guy interviewing person? Uh, I feel like just straight out the gate it's hard to carry a show yeah on your on your own mm-hmm. that's like I, I did it for two episodes <laughs> and because like they wasn't like before before he was on with us i mean this has been my homie since way back mm-hmm. but before fees was on with us and before mitch bought into the idea of doing the lunch table i was like all right man i gotta get this off the ground i gotta do this on my own get a couple mm-hmm. get the pilot off and get a couple episodes off like that yeah. that's tough like and I came in there with a script, too, you know, because I was like, how am I going to keep this going? You know, I don't want to have a 12-minute episode. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a 13, 14-minute episode. I want to at least make this 20 minutes. Uh, to me, that was that that doesn't make a good episode, mm-hmm. um, whether it's 12 minutes or 20 minutes. I mean, I guess it could sometimes, but in my mm-hmm. eyes when I first started, that's, yeah. that's kind of what it was. Makes sense. Yeah. So I was like, man, I need some other people to help, mm-hmm. you know, bring this conversation in. And it helps to have people that know what they're talking about too. Right. Um, so yeah, that's really why I chose to bring right. on the people that are all with me now. I've been doing a good job of figuring this out, but what do you do to know when it's time to wrap up an interview? You know? Really, 
I'll talk all day with an artist who wants to talk all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're like that brick wall, I mean, it's over once I get to my last question. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's so true. Yeah. But like, I've had, <laughs> I've had, you know, I come in with my. No matter who the artist is, I come in with my set of questions, and you know, if 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 they love talking, mm-hmm. it's like we got three, four, and five, six questions. Uh, not off topic, but just added into the interview before we circle back around yeah. to like the order that I was in. And those yeah. are the best ones. Yes, for those sure. Those are the best interviews. You no. Know? What makes what have you learned about your music through your doing interviews, you know? Cuz like even when I'm doing interviews for just interviews, I don't I don't I think we're in a decade where everyone thinks they can be an artist. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm really proud to say that I cannot carry a note, you know? Cuz mm-hmm. some people can't say that. They're, they're, they think they can and they can't. But um, basically, I can I think interviewing people has actually matured me a lot, you know? So for someone who does interviews but also is an artist, how has that shaped your music? And has it at all? Nah, it's never really... Huh. They're, they're really two separate art forms for mm, me. Um, as much as I want the world to hear my music, mm-hmm. like... I make my music for myself, right. like for sure, for sure. Like when I hear a mix and mastered record that like I just did, it's like it's kind of surreal when I hear it because I'm like, I know it's me, but I'm like, damn, this person is talking about exactly what I want to hear right now. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So, like my my music uh, artistry is 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 so much for me, and you know, after that, it's for anybody that can connect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like you know the podcasting and the interviewing. I want to be able to deliver that content for for people to enjoy. Right. Um, so I guess the big difference is is that the podcasting and the interviewing is for people to enjoy first, and with my music, it's for people to enjoy second. Gotcha. Okay, that's fair. That's actually really fair. Yeah. What do you get out of podcasting, Mike? Um, it gives me a chance to to know the people that are that are part of the culture, mm-hmm. and and tap in with them and just connect with them on a on a person to person level. You know, like. Sometimes if you never see a person, you know, if you never if you never met a Drake or a Travis Scott, they're just so huge to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But a lot of things that you hear from maybe person who's way beneath them, like when they meet these people, they're like, oh, man, they were so down to earth. You know what I mean? They were so cool. You know, they were showing me a good time. And it's like, that's what I want to have with, with these people. With yeah. like everybody who's been up a guest up there, it's like, I want to be able to get to know them on a person-to-person mm-hmm. level. I think... Definitely people have more, some people have more of an influence than others. I think we need to stay away from putting people like on a pedestal and thinking Drake is a god or like Kanye is a god, people like that. Because they are, like I love both those guys in music, but at the end of the day, they are just people. Right. But why do you, why do you think fans kind of put them in that box where they're like, oh shit, Drake, that's Drake's is way better than me. I'm just this little guy who's working in a cubicle and Drake's out here making bangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Probably just because they're able to live such a way more extravagant lifestyle than we than we're able to. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, damn, they have so much access to travel the world, and they got all this jewelry on, or yeah. they like they got so many women, or like you know all these things that everyday people are like don't have. So I think people, and those are things that people want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to have the money, the cars, the house, be able to travel and do all that. So it's like somehow some way 
that's been the uh that's been the prized possession for like where a lot of people want to be. Yeah. And like when they see people in that position, it's like, damn, they're so much they they're really doing something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's weird because when everyone when they're little they they think a million dollars is crazy, you know? But once you start to grow up, you realize that like that's gonna get you a few. That's gonna get you less than ten years. Yeah, but eighty thousand when it comes to like normal people working, eighty thousand, eighty to a hundred thousand, you're doing something right, which is really weird. It's how it's just how like the media portrays people of influence, because mm-hmm. to actually reach that level is really hard, and it just comes down to connecting with people, you know. Yeah, for sure. How do you connect with your artists? Like, do you make sure? you like link with them afterwards or once it's in you interview that artist boom the episode's done next to the next artist nah uh and that's what helps with me being genuinely fans of their music because mm-hmm. i i stay tapped in with them right like if i was to bring up someone who paid me for an interview to come up there like i'm probably not going to be too too interested in what you're in what you're doing after right. that you know just keeping it real um that's that's like that's a huge benefit of being genuinely interested of all the people that i miss so I go to their shows, you know, like that's how I've done features with with three of the artists who I've had up there. Yeah, that's dope. Um, so like after that, we're working on music and stuff together. Like that's how I got linked in with like the person who's my main engineer who in mix and masters all my stuff now. So it's like I definitely try to keep the connection going as much as possible. Mm-hmm. What I've learned through interviews is that well, a new mindset I've gotten is that. I because as an interview, you do start to realize, especially when you first start out, that these artists are just people, you know? So before going doing interviews and going to car- concerts, I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. This is crazy. This is so fun. But now when I go to on- concerts, it's more like a job in a way for me. I feel like it is. it's for me to see what this artist is doing, what he's doing bad, maybe give that guy some advice. And like, I don't really, I don't get, I don't fanboy out when I go to concerts anymore. It's mm. really weird. It kind of loses like the magicalness, if that's a word, you know? Yeah. Especially because, think about it, like, I easily spent like in one month like $300, which is a lot to me for a concert, for something that's only like four hours, 300 yeah. bucks. That's a lot. And now I look, and I was like, that's easy. This guy's amazing. Of course, I'm gonna pay 300 bucks to see this guy. Now I'm like 300 bucks to see this artist when I could just interview this guy or something like that. Why yeah. would I do that? Um, uh, it's definitely like I mean I think on a local level, uh, it's definitely like a job. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not only going to go see the artist, like you're going to go network. At yeah. The, at the same time, um, networking so turns such into a job. It's a man. That's a job. That's a 24 hour job if if you want it to be. Yeah. Social media um, is a job now. It is, mm. truly. Um, kind of to piggyback off what you're saying, it like it loses its 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 uh its luster a little bit mm-hmm. after you know them and, and have gotten tapped in with them, but mm-hmm. the same in a different area where it kinda loses its luster, it kinda brings it up in a different area because it's like, oh, I know that person now. Yeah. So it's like cool. Like you're, you're now you're no longer like a bystander. Now you're a, a, an acquaintance yeah. or a friend, you know what I'm saying? Or a or a Coworker or whatever at that point yeah it's so exciting that, that is an exciting part you know who do you focus on interviewing do you focus on people 
who already have a voice or people that are up and coming or um it's always a it's always a thin line to straddle mm-hmm. um i think i i think i did a pretty good job of bringing up people who did have some notoriety mm-hmm. but as i said you never saw their face on camera right not one person that that i brought up on the lunch table you never saw their face before anywhere else before before the lunch table so i think that was pretty pioneering um but yeah i think the bottom line is just it's it's a tough line to straddle you cuz on the on the left side of the line you want to bring you want everybody loves being the first to a song everybody yeah. loves being the first to an artist like check out this person on SoundCloud. Like, well, you still on SoundCloud? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on SoundCloud, but um, but then you also don't want to lose credibility mm-hmm. at the same time. That's true. Why do you think no one? Maybe I'm wrong, but from my what I've seen, I don't think anyone's had Macklemore on their podcast. Do you see that? Mm-mm, I don't think I've ever seen Mac on. I mean, I think maybe he's been up at Cube or something. I mean, huh. shoot, Mac, if you listening, man, come up to the lunch table, man. <laughs> Um, I'd love to talk to Mac. Why do you think he does that though? Like, do you think, like, when I talk to artists about him, they either love him or hate him, and the people that really usually love him are the people that were part of Totem Star or Residency or any of those programs that helped give them more of a popularity or influence. Like, because Macmore is like the face of the Residency, so he he doesn't come into like every single like studio time session or whatever but he's there enough where people are like oh yeah i know macklemore now mm-hmm. you know but like what are your opinions on him we're not going to trash talk him right now or anything no, like i don't that, even but... got nothing bad to say about mac uh i think what i will say i think the most left thing i would say about him is that i just i don't understand uh why he's taking the position he has like because it doesn't really seem like outside of a few artists and maybe those are the ones he feels are deserving mm. um it's kind of weird though yeah i mean i would think he would be doing a little bit more to try to foster the entire seattle culture with you know mm-hmm. he's got a grammy on his plate yeah know? so it's like you have a lot of power and a lot of influence to be able to put some people in positions and he's definitely done that with, with travis thompson mm-hmm. um which is you know has controversy in itself you know just for like you know he's white and Travis is like native and white, you know, but you know, he passes as white, you know, so it's like, <laughs> oh, you're only gonna help put on, you know, white rappers or like people people that, that like maybe are that audience will listen to. Are you saying you know? little Mosey counts as white? Little Mo- <laughs> nah, nah, no, <laughs> Mosey gets Mosey's, Mosey's extra light skin, but Mosey didn't get put on by Mac. I know, but like he's probably gonna see him at the sessions this weekend or something. But uh, I mean <laughs> but when you go to these concerts these days, that's that's really who's in the crowd. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a lot of white kids in the crowd. <laughs> no, um, dude, I was interviewing this guy who's like, he's all about his like knowing his roots. He's black. He's raised in a black family, black church, everything like that. He's like, I'm gonna keep it straight with you. The majority of my audience are white kids, and I'm fine with that because that's where my influence is being held at. You know, it's you gotta appreciate your audience. You know, no matter mm-hmm. how big or small, which is it's a good thing to notice like i don't know i don't, I don't ever want to everyone says they don't want to like get lost in the sauce or the money or anything but i think that's like an that's probably something you have to think about every single day in a way you know 
to not think you're better than someone. Because I think at the end of the day, if you're driving around in like a Rolls Royce and you're next to someone in a beat up Toyota Camry, you're going to think you're better than them, but you're not. Mm-hmm. And that's something that comes down to your support system and who you surround yourself with. You mm-hmm. know? What made you decide to surround yourself with those two other mics? And uh, what's your name again? I'm ish, my bad. What made you decide to surround yourself with them when you started up this podcast? I mean, pretty much exactly what you were saying right there. These is all humble individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, Fees, like when he, when I got introduced to him, he was just like, "Man, I love what you're doing. Would love to be a part of that." Right. Um. So, and, and he's and he's a great personality, and so you know, the, really, it was just no brainers because I, you know, I hate people that are, you know, got egos that are too big. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And um. And that doesn't exist on our crew. Right, that's good. And so it just it makes it easier to work with everybody. Mm. What do you think, including you and everyone, other every other mic that's on your podcast, what do you think do you guys each individually bring to the table for your podcast? I think I bring, I think I bring the super journalistic approach. Mm-hmm. I think I bring like the in-depth questions. Uh, and we all bring something to the table that the other doesn't, so... I think I bring that to the table. I think Mitch brings like a lot of uh, a good amount of industry knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, he's worked with artists. He's he's managed artists before. He's you know he's been building up Respect My Region for a long time, and you know had so many people reach out to him, whether they be promoters and uh, as well as artists. So he's got he's got that front end. Uh, Fees is is an artist himself who's who's been lived in other cities. He's li- he's from Chicago. He's lived in Chicago and. He's transitioned over here, so he's seen what a scene like Chicago and you know yeah. what that has to offer and uh, and can offer that that view and that angle um, and give his opinions on on things like that over here. And, right. he, and he's a super passionate individual as well. So like um, he's kind of he's kind of like the uh, the more hyped up one on on the mic, yeah. and um, we each got different personality. Like it probably goes like Fee's the most hyped up, then it's probably me, then it's probably then it's probably Mitch. Mm-hmm. That's good though. To I think for me, I think it's easier for me to be on my own because I have focused so much on hip hop to the point like it's unhealthy. The first thing when I do when I wake up in the morning is going like hip hop blog store, mm-hmm. hot new hip hop, anything like that. <clears throat> like ev- like when it comes down to it, I'm listening to music. No, I listen to podcasts alone. Like when it comes down to it, like eight hours a day, I'm listening to straight podcasts, mm-hmm. and then for four hours, it's like music. So I think, do you, does it get difficult for you to work with other people, even though you're your friends? Like, what I've realized too, and I think it also comes down to like learning if this person is actually meant to be in your life or not. If you're if you end up having like partners or something like relationship or friendships, if you're with them every single day, you might start like not realizing what you don't like about them versus if you're with that person you really like maybe twice a week Mm -hmm. you know so do you ever feel like it's rough working with two other mics three sometimes or is it always just something you're comfortable with you're like ah this is a highlight coming here seeing these guys yeah it's definitely a highlight Mm -hmm. love love these guys um yeah, that's 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 exactly why I brought him on. Right. Um, 
I look forward to it every week. We shoot on Sundays. We put it out on Monday. Yeah, it's dope. Um, but yeah, that's never like I I don't get tired of it mm-hmm. ever. Um, because like I was saying before, it's like I can't really imagine going back to doing carrying the show by myself. Right. Um, those was the tough by far the toughest yeah. episodes. <laughs> do you think? Do you guys even focus? Like some people don't really focus on that, and like even when it comes to like a collective, a good collective, in my opinion, are people like everyone's equal sometimes it's good to have a leader but when it comes down to it everyone should feel like they're equal but for your podcast do you do you think of yourself as like the first mic or you guys kind of try to stay away from different mics um i think it's naturally just kind of fell into because like i'm i'm such a prepper Mm -hmm. i'm such like a like i was saying i take such the journalistic approach that like i kind of have control over the I guess the way the the route of the interview is going to go, but mm-hmm. that's never to say like, you know, no one's, no one is cut off. Like everyone is, is free to do yeah. exactly what they want to do. We'd be cutting each other off or right. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, so in my eyes, we're all equal, mm-hmm. but I think just as far as like the show, the flow of the show goes, it, it tends to uh be more focused on, the creator, I guess, I guess, I guess my mic, you know what I mean? Just yeah. because I have the most questions. Mm-hmm. I, I Just naturally, I think it goes that way. That makes sense. And you guys record at Rainier Avenue Radio, right? Yeah, that's what? where we were at um, all of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, uh, it's been a, a fruitful space for us. Right. How did you make that connection? You know, like, that's what I think is really good when you can make it. Like, I don't know if you have to pay to be there or anything like that. But I think it's really which has been successful for me is finding these like really, really worthwhile connections where everyone feels equal, but they have something that's really beneficial for you. And then you have something really beneficial for them. Like I've been able to find spaces like the radio station, my downtown Seattle studio, which are basically if super, very inexpensive or free, you know? Mm-hmm. And when it, when I think, when it comes to podcasts, I think podcasts, in a way, are even harder to get off the ground than music because it's so so long. Like, who the fuck's going to listen to this guy's opinion? I don't know who this guy is. Right. Versus if it's a catchy song, that can blow up instantly. But a mm-hmm. podcast, like, you could literally have Jay-Z. I use this example so much because Jay-Z is, like, the epitome of rap for me, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You could have Jay-Z on for an hour. An hour! And if it's a shit interview, you can still get maybe 3,000 views, you know? Yeah. Because there's those diehard fans. Right. But I think that building these really important connections with studios and venues are really important. So how did you form that connection with Rainier Avenue? Um, well, one of the, well, it was like Mitch and uh, one of the other founders of the blog, um, Joey, they, they really kind of plugged it in. And, you know, just as far as the whole vision, they really saw a value in one in what uh respect my region brings and mm-hmm. uh before we were in rainer avenue we were shooting in my work right we were shooting at like where i work at in like a main office so it was like really grinding like we didn't have that connection before and so after they saw like what we were doing to keep it consistent we're out every single week mm-hmm. um they they saw the value in that and and uh they wanted to bring it to their platform and so we kind of share that's the trade-off, you know, like we get to be in there, but you know, we're, we're going to funnel it through their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really how it really got off the ground from there. Right. How much editing do you guys do? Cause if you're putting it out on 
if you record on Sunday and put it out on Monday, do you kind of try to keep most things in your interview or? Yeah, I try to keep it all in there. Yeah, I don't. I don't try. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, do, I do keep it all in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and it's quite a bit of editing. Um, definitely takes up a whole afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, even and up until the morning, I got to yeah. bring it to work with me sometimes and like right. duck off into an office real quick and like finish up the clips or mm-hmm. finish uploading it to YouTube or I got to send it to Mitch, make sure he gets it uploaded to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, up on the RMR site, so. It's yeah, it's it's quite a bit. It like it it carries over into into the regular work week for sure. For sure. How can you are you able to connect your work to your podcast and your music at all, or is it completely different from what you? Uh yeah, not my my work is not connected to my music, but my work is definitely connected to podcasting. Like I'm in sales, right. so it's like I got to be able to have conversations with people. I got to be right. able to keep conversations going and keep people interested in what I'm talking about or what I'm trying to offer to them. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to highlight that too, that like for me, for you, like genuine artists who realize, well, no, I think that's, it's weird. You can't really generalize it for artists, but I think it's important to highlight that if you are doing this, like if you're in music at all, until you actually take off, you can even have like 50,000 views and that's still not enough. You have to really be in a place where you can switch over your day job to your podcasting or your music mm. and what are your opinions on people <clears throat> who stay away from work altogether and just focus on their music man that's uh highly commendable <laughs> truly um i mean if you're not bringing in no funds <laughs> you know it's like you got to have funds to be able to to put behind your music whether mm. it's studio time you're booking studio time you got to pay the engineer um you got to put marketing behind your music. You know, if you want ads to go up on social media, if you, you know, it's a, it's not uncommon. Like you gotta, you gotta pay to play to get on spins on the radio. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so if you're, if, if you somehow have a way to, to be able to not work and, and do all of those things, then like, man, I commend you. Hat, hat off to you, man. Right. Um, <laughs> or woman. Uh, but like for me, uh, I'm not there yet. And like, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, fortunate that i have a space in a, general you know? that i just have yeah that i have a good job and, and, and it and it does me well and so um it's not really i want to keep feeding that i want to be mm-hmm. able to keep taking what i'm doing over there and put it directly into my music yeah and, and my podcasting and, and, and all that it's right. a it's a direct financial source mm-hmm. i think it's a really it's so fun to talk to another podcaster really i these are like genuine questions that i'm i want to ask people and i just can't because they're not podcasters yeah. you know and it's a different. It's definitely a different perspective for this next question. Like, if you're a fan, it's different from like if you're trying to separate the music from the person. It's a total different thing if you're a fan versus if you're an interview. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you try to separate the music from the person when you're choosing interviews? Like you have, and I think I've done a good job too of having genuine people we like. But do you focus on that at all? I think it's pretty tough, you know, especially if you haven't met them before. Mm-hmm. Uh, to keep the music separate from the person, it's, it's so hard to, because I don't know them on a personal level yet. Mm-hmm. I think I think now with all of the people that I have had up there, mm-hmm. had on the lunch table, I think I'm now, it is now way easier to separate all the right. music from the person. Like, we can just talk, we can chop it up, right. you know. Talk about the Super Bowl. Talk about what we ate. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Or what? What'd you do last weekend? Or 
they're talking about their relationships or or whatever. But um, I think it's I think it's tougher when you first meet them and when you first have them on right. to like really try to do that because you at the same time you're trying to highlight their artistry at mm-hmm. the same time. But like we said in those great interviews, you know, and and they're and they're open to talking to you. Like it's it's a it's an extra added bonus because they'll they'll give you some of that. They'll they'll give you something to where you're able to separate them. You're like you're able to talk to them more as a person than an artist for sure. This is a huge debate. I think it's, I don't even know what I would do, but <laughs> if you had the opportunity to interview Takashi 69 would you do that? I think it's, it's really interesting because I'm like the Breakfast Club like did a whole segment on that. And I'm like, well, yeah, you guys are such a huge influence. That would almost be a negative impact if you interviewed him, especially mm-hmm. after giving him all those warnings. Like every single interview that, person that interviewed him was like warning him like the entire time about the shit that was going to happen and everything people said happened to him you know Mm -hmm. but for like an upcoming podcast like me or you if takashi's management hit you up what would you do I don't know, man. I mean, if 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 the bread was right, I'll probably <laughs> I'll probably have him on. But I I'll say this: that's like my 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 podcasting is so separate from my, from me being a musician. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, have him as a feature. Like I probably right. would, I wouldn't do music with him. Um, I feel like that that would instantly kill my credibility. But for me to be able to bring him into a space and talk about what actually happened, yeah. you know what I mean, like. How did this all go down? You know what I mean? There's so many stories that that came out and if he's willing to uh if he if if I talk to him before that he comes on the show and I'm like, "Yo, I'm going to ask you these things, man. Like, if we're not able to get this content, cool. Yeah, you know, no pressure, but like that's that would be the reason for you being up here." You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So if if like we can if we can talk about those things, then I'll probably do it. Right. I feel like that would be a full-on job though to like interview him and Make him personable and still keep your credibility, even though you're at a low level. Oh, you got to have an uh, undisclosed location for sure. Yes. Because uh, you might have some people trying to come after you <laughs> while they're trying to come after him. Yeah. You know what I started to think, too? Which is still something, I don't know if it's something I should get away from thinking or something that is just a normal reaction. But I feel like even if I had the opportunity to interview some huge artist like Dr. Dre or, no, you know who would be a perfect example? Kanye West. If I had the opportunity to interview him, that would actually be something I would have to think about. Because the way he, like, acts on interviews, that would be so hard to manage. Like, do you feel, like, from an actual perspective, like, do you think that you have the resources and the mindset at this point in time to have, like, a genuine interview with him? Or do you think you'd be like, oh, shit. Like, if he, like, started, like, just spazzing out on an interview. I think I could keep my composure with him. Sometimes you see them on like some tonight shows or something like that and you know they're so far removed from from hip hop or even mm-hmm. black culture that you can kind of tell that he picks and chooses questions where he wants to open up to them. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think I as long as he is able to be sedated be be just be he he could he could turn up. It's cool. Like I'm not going <laughs> to ask him anything that would make him turn up on me or else i don't think i would right but you don't uh, got the answer sway as long as he yeah if he, if yeah sway was sway was so composed that's very true 
But he kept coming with the same question. He definitely kept yeah. pressing the same question. But you could do that when you're inside the culture. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, if that was like Conan or something, or like. But the thing is, Jimmy Kimmel. I've done I've done research on that shit, and he literally has been on those ep- those shows multiple times. Like when you like people don't really think about it. They're like, oh wow, he's on Jimmy Kimmel. He's a marketer though. But he's been on those multiple times, and that's what I think. The big thing about us interviewing up and coming artists, the fact is, when it comes down to it, this is not even like there's no point in even lying about this. Like when you're doing a podcast, those artists are banking on the fact that you're going to make it big, and you're banking on the fact that they're going to make it big and get more views in that way. Like you mm-hmm. want to help promote everyone, but at the end of the day, promoting it means you're going to continue to grow your influence. Right. There's a cross. There's a right cross benefit. And those people that have them on a show. They aren't just some random wackos. They have been working with him for years and years, which is crazy when you actually do the research. I'm like, what? How is he on Jimmy Kimmel? I'm like, oh, shit. He's been on that date, that date, 2009, all the way back then, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, I don't know. I think what I, is there anything you try to stay away from when you're doing interviews? Like what I try to stay away from in my podcast is pushing anyone's agenda like straightforward like i like to promote people over their product or their music but the reason i've focused more on joe rogan versus the breakfast club lately is because the breakfast club has done a good job of getting people outside of music but at the end of the day they're really really promoting them like it's a full forced agenda mm-hmm. they're pushing so what do you try to stay do you try to are you worried about anyone's agenda that you have on the podcast or no one's ever really came with me w- with an agenda. They've all mm-hmm. been like pretty excited to just come on and and talk and, and be in a space where they're able to have a spotlight put on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll try to dig as as deep as possible. You know, there was there was only one artist who came up on the lunch table that was like, we had some topics that like they didn't really want that their management communicate with us that they didn't really want to talk about. Right. So, if it was up to me, I would have asked those questions. Yeah. Um. But, you know, you don't want to piss mm-hmm. piss nobody off or, like, uh, burn a bridge or anything like that. So, right. But um, fortunately, yeah, no one's came up and has been demanding at all of, like, I'm trying to do this, this, and this. But right. even, the, even the artists that came up and, and we had some restrictions with, it was, like, it was really only one thing. Right. You know, so. His baby mama or some shit like that. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, nah, it was, like, it was just some real, I'm not even going to get into it, but. Right. It, it. it was it wasn't it wasn't crazy. It mm-hmm. wasn't like why can't we it was pretty understandable, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. Right. Do you go into interviews thinking that they've listened to your podcast before or do you try to like wipe that slate clean and don't even focus if they've heard your podcast at all? Mm, yeah, I've never really thought about whether they've they've heard the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um Fortunately, they've all been familiar with it before they stepped on. And um, huge shout out to my girl, Tessa Talks. Like yeah. she was probably like our first notable guest, and you know she's she's known him since they were in since they mm-hmm. were young. And uh, yeah, shout out to, shout out to Tasia. Um, and you know that 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 fell right into like Paris. You know, mm-hmm. like when she hit me back, she was like, "Oh, I seen that we, that yeah. you had Tessa Talks on there. Like I love her. I listen to her music too. Like." I would love to come up there. Yes. Um, Those are the best interviews. Yeah. It goes right into another interview after that. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's all, it's all kind of built 
off of each other. You know, once once an artist, a notable artist, sees another notable artist on on a platform, you know, it I think it makes them way more open to to mm-hmm. coming to going there. It's like maybe you see a hole in the wall food joint that you would have never picked, but then your homie takes you in there and you're like, oh, I fuck with this place. Yeah, like Guy Fieri did with Baka Bok, right? Shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you, when you interview people, do you does it matter to you if it's one person you're interviewing or multiple or is there something that you like more like interviewing one person or multiple i usually like interviewing one person um it just makes my job easier mm-hmm. um that's really that's really it like i mean if if the if the second person or however many pe- i've never had i've only had one interview that had two people in there but was if, the Rose, louis one yeah 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 so if i if they actually I mean, he was pretty quiet, you know, yeah. so like um, it didn't that didn't actually make my job any harder or anything. Yeah. And I don't think uh, he even really I don't know. He just seems he seems like that's, that's his best homie. He's there to support him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so he, he brings him with him everywhere he goes. It's like where you go, where I go. And so right. um, Rosie's a funny guy, though. I kind of like that guy. He is quiet, though, for sure. Yeah, he's he's cool, dude. He's cool, dude. Like all the interactions we we mm-hmm. we uh we've had with them is is always been solid. Right. Now we're almost out of time. We're good though. So, do you see one music scene? Oh, how do I phrase this? Because what I like to do, I tell everyone this because that's just the type of person I am. I like to generalize things. So I like to say the Seattle music scene versus like Tacoma, Kent, Renton, things like that. Mm-hmm. But do you see? You can even count Seattle as one of those options. Do you see one? Do you see one scene in the greater Seattle area getting more attention than another? Seattle, Seattle definitely gets the most, mm. and I would say Tacoma follows behind. Right. Um, but everyone wants to. I mean, it's just the main city of Washington, and so like it. I think naturally that's just what what gets said by default. It's mm. like, oh, what's happening in Seattle? It's not like what's happening in Mount Lake Terrace. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> or, what's, or what's happening in, in Renton or, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. So I think it's just like that by default. It's like, what's the main city? And and I think people even, because like Mosey went through that. Like he did the No Jumper interview and he was like, oh yeah, I'm from Seattle. Right. Everybody was on his head about it. Yeah. Like, nah, you're from you're from up north. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. just like, for one, I don't even know why that matters because um, it seems like you would be one as much attention coming to your mm-hmm to the city as much as possible but some people are real prideful about you know like try you know like through and through seattle dudes is like real prideful from being from seattle and through and through tacoma dudes is real prideful about being from tacoma so yeah. it's like they don't you know they definitely are trying to put on for those for their cities and you know fortunately enough those are the two main cities in washington where the music is coming out of so mm-hmm. it kind of works well but i think tacoma just falls right below seattle for sure that's true as far as like just notoriety talented people though in there for yeah sure. but it's gain it's gaining you know it's, it's like you never really heard of like west seattle right like some people be like oh yeah this person out of west seattle this person out of uh south seattle you mm-hmm. know like white center or something like that right. um so like that's kind of cool to see it's like you're now you're kind of getting different sections of seattle that yeah. are getting it's that exciting. are getting different pieces of uh notoriety mm-hmm. what are your goals for your podcast and for the seattle music scene my goals for the podcast, that's uh that's never gonna change. It's always gonna be to highlight individuals whose music that I really like or 
just the individuals that like are really doing something like right. entrepreneurs like artists are are very much entrepreneurs like we're putting all of our faith into our product yeah um so yeah that's never going to change always bringing up people who uh who have an impact on like basically what's going on around them um yeah and and then just for for music it's it's going to be the you know we've talked about getting in the we've talked about the bag enough so no now it's time we jump in it yes um got a lot of new music and and features of stuff of people that I've been working with and putting together music videos and putting together all the content and putting the marketing scheme together so as far as like for 2020 as a as a yearly focus it's like now it's time to we walked up to the launch pad now we got to get off it yes for sure what is some advice they have for up-and-coming Seattle artists creators influencers some advice wow I didn't think I'd ever be asked that question um because I'm an artist myself so it's like I'm always I'm always learning I'm learning something new every day but I think the biggest thing is um and it's uh very vague but it's like put out the best product as possible that you can super broad but it's just like you know you can go to Walmart and you can go get the Equate bottles you know what I'm saying or you can go try to market like Dove or like, you know what I'm saying? Or like Old Spice or something like that. So it's like, I would say put a lot into your, into your finished product, mm-hmm. you know, make it shiny, make it, make it attractive. Yes. Um, and uh, what would be the other thing? Be consistent. Yes. That's something I'm, I'm working on myself. Um, you got to stay in, in this day and age, you got to stay in front of people. You got to stay on people's minds mm-hmm. uh, to keep them interested. So staying consistent and, and put out the absolute best product that you can. Like, don't just shoot a $200 music video because that's what you, I mean, granted, if the song's hot, you could pop right off. But right. like, you know, put a little more money into your craft, you know, mm-hmm. try to make sure that it's, it's going to come out proper. For sure. What is the easiest way to reach you? Easiest way to reach me, man. Uh, Instagram uh, or the Lunch Table Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, both on Instagram. Reach out to me, Cash NC. C A J E N C E E or the Lunch Table Podcast. Feel free to reach out. We're all we're all on the Lunch Table Podcast, so you got four different people that can re- get back to you. And I'll put that in the bio for sure. Yeah. Well, this is DJ Blake and Cash and C. There we go. Awesome. Nailed it. Full hour. DJ Blake.